Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation if we are to be saved at all. Live long and prosper. Sad feeling about this. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interest. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? Only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. Did I fall asleep? For a little while. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, from the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. That's amazing. Where's time gone? I don't know. It seems eons ago since we started recording back in February. Mm-hmm. And here we are 25 episodes later. And we have tons of new things happening here in the show. And by the way, we didn't really introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Scott. I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are your hosts tonight of the Sci-Fi Diner. Yes. Which, if you've been listening to the show for a while, is something new. Right. And uh, so it's really, really cool. Really, really cool. By the way, the sound you heard of the cork popping wasn't actually a cork popping. It was actually the sound of Miles' crown popping earlier this week. Yeah, I had a unfortunate incident with some Chinese food. Yeah, it, it's amazing what this Chinese can do to you. Absolutely. We're going to get tons of hate mail for that. The yeah. food was great, but... Uh, yeah. But most, what most. it did to your tooth was not. No. I was really trying to record the show on Monday when it happened because I really wanted Miles doped up a Novocaine when we were doing this show. It would have made it a, you know, how a lot more interesting, right? Well, but they didn't give me a Novocaine. Oh, didn't they? Just, no. Yeah, just, <clears throat> they just put a little glue on it and just shoved it back there again. Yeah, that's, man. So, that's, uh, that's, but you would have got some you know, pain recording. Yeah, pain recording, mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, would have been interesting nonetheless. It would have made for a great show. <laughs> it would have. But uh, we are here, and this is, of course, our silver anniversary we're going to talk about the name change in just a little bit, but let's reflect back on the past 24 episodes of Dining at the End of the Universe, okay. which is what the podcast, of course, was originally called. So if you're listening to the show for the first time, which you, you might be if you're just tuning in to us, we were originally called Dining at the, the End of the Universe, of course, a take on the whole Douglas Adams, Adams restaurant at the end of the universe. Uh, what were some of your favorite moments? Probably one of the first one was when we uh – did our um, review of uh, The Watchmen. Um, we didn't – I think collectively we, we had probably some – maybe not some good stuff to say, but it was still fun just a bunch of us getting together and just talking about a, a sci-fi movie. Uh, you know what? And it was probably wasn't, one, wasn't even one of the best recorded shows. I mean we – a little recorder in the middle of the room picking up mm-hmm. our voices at different levels. But 
that was just a lot of fun. We really need to do that again. We need to get some more people just reviewing a movie and mm-hmm. just got, we got to be able to con some of our friends and peeps into that. But Another favorite moment is when, we, when you and I went to see uh, the premiere of uh, Star Trek. Oh, yes. And I was interviewing people, talking about it. That was a lot of fun. That as was well. fun. Yeah. That was very good. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite moments over the past episodes was the interview with John Broughton. I didn't think, you know, we we did this whole thing in fan films, and I, I really liked those two episodes, the Star Wars fan films, mm-hmm. and then, of course, the Star Trek fan films, but getting John Broughton and then meeting him at Shore Leave, I think, was one of uh, the defining moments for the show. I really liked that. I thought that was... I, I agree. Yeah. Getting get to talk to somebody who's out there making making some sci-fi films, is it, you know. What was a favorite moment of mine? Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we did. Um, oh, we talked to other people as well on the show. Who else did we talk to? Oh, we did Mike Schilling, and that was good too. Yeah, yeah. With Mike Schilling from Shore Leave. That was a Shore Leave episode. Uh, why change a name, Miles, to the Sci-Fi Diner? Well, I don't think we're quite as guilty as the Sci-Fi Channel calling themselves. We were debating you know, spelling it S Y F I, then Diners being spelled D Y N N E R, but we'd have probably gotten sued. Yeah, yeah, trademark, you know, infringement. trademark infringement, mm-hmm. but who the hell cares? Uh, um, but yeah, we, we just wanted to simplify a little, and uh, honestly, our uh, our URL was a little long. Yeah, I mean, here's the real reason: we don't want you guys. We know you guys are lazy typers. You guys can, you guys want to type the minimal amount you can. So, Sci-Fi Diner is a lot easier to type. Sci-Fi Dash Diner, I should say, is a lot easier to type than Dining into the Universe. Right. So. Um, actually, another reason is if you search for us in iTunes or any other place and you're like, hey, let me look for a sci-fi show. We might appear, but we don't have sci-fi in our title. And if you're just casually looking through the podcasts that are out there, we won't be the first one to pop up. And we still might not be, but we, this gives us a little bit of a better placement, a little bit of a better idea of what this show's about. Yeah, dining at the end of the universe may seem obscure. When well, it is. To... It is kind of an obscure reference to Adams. You have to be a Douglas Adams fan to even mm-hmm. know that there's a restaurant at the end of the universe. I think this works fine. I, I, the spirit of what we're doing is still... captured in the sci-fi diner. Right. And we really don't change the idea of the show either. Not at you all. You see a lot of that mixed just in the new pro, uh, the new the, in, the new intro that we're running with. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way. We gotta thank Chris for that. Chris did a great job doing some of the voiceover work there. She did uh, for for that part. So mm-hmm. very, very, very good, and uh, we love it. Now, if we could just make make Kristen a sci-fi fan, right, right. Well, she said she would be more than willing to hop on uh, a show sometime that we talk about Warehouse Thirteen. Okay, she is kind of. But we watch that together. Good, good. So it's one of the things that we are watching together. So maybe someday. And she would have also done the Firefly back in the day when we did yeah. that whole fly, Firefly, fly, Firefly. I can't speak tonight. Uh, discussion. All right. Uh, so that's our name change. Oh, by the way, we also have a new number, a new phone number. We mentioned this in last week's show, but it's one eight hundred number one eight eight one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. So I sound like the AT and T operator. One eight eight eight. Five zero eight four three four three. I wouldn't know. I use Verizon. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. But anyways, this is the uh, number that you can call and reach us. Leave your reviews about movies you're watching, your thoughts, and things we're talking about. Any news stories you think we should be covering? We want to hear from you. You can always drop our line at that number, and it's toll free. Doesn't cost you a cent. Well, at least if you're in the U.S. For those are uh, our Aussie listeners and from other countries of the world, sorry. But in it
a lot of these new phone services where long distance is not even an issue anymore. Yeah, so come on. Problem. Come on. So yeah, whatever. Give us we're, we're, make, we're making it easy for you. We, we certainly are. We certainly are. Most of all, thanks to you, the listeners, for helping us hit number 25. Mm-hmm. Our listener base has continued to grow. We've gotten some good feedback, some uh, stuff that has helped us improve the show, some mm-hmm. stuff that has helped us also just encourage us to continue the show. And uh, we would encourage you that if you have loved the show or liked the show or enjoyed the show these past 24 episodes, leave us some feedback on iTunes especially, but even just drop us an email uh, or you know, visit us on Twitter. Our email is zogpod at gmail.com, and our Twitter handle is Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G, and Miles is a son of Worf. And so we would love just to hear from you and get some feedback about the show. We would love some five-star reviews on iTunes. Yeah, it would be great. That would be a great birthday present, anniversary, anniversary present. We don't have a ton of changes to the show. We're still going to be doing trivia. We'll still be doing our news like we've always done. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only other thing that we're going to be incorporating a lot more of is some good interviews. Some of this is based off of our shore leave experience, but we have some nice interviews that, we're in the wor- that are in the works, and we're excited about it. Yeah, that this is going to be, uh, the interview is going to be great, uh, and just it'll you know give you the, the listeners a chance to uh, hear from some of the people that you watch on TV and the movies, and uh, um, just just hear what what's going on with them. Right, because after all, you want to listen to them. You know, we're great and all, but but you want to hear the people you like on TV. And oh, movies. absolutely. And so um, we're going to bring it to you. Uh, one of the other changes you will be hearing. Uh, in the show is that between uh, some of our segments, we'll be playing promos for other sci-fi shows, uh, podcasts that we like, encourage, that we listen to, are are connected to and somehow. And so we'd encourage you when we play these just to listen to them and uh, check out these shows that these guys are promoting. Uh, it's a labor of love for most of us doing this work. And it's always encouraging to get new listeners and to support each other in this. So if you are a podcaster... Please send us your promo. We will play it on the show sometime, as long as it's sci-fi or fantasy related. Right. Maybe even geekish. I, have a, I think I have a geek promo from our friends in Australia. But Well, of course, along with the name change in the show, we have a new URL, as I mentioned. That is, of course, sci-fi-diner.com. Any of the other URLs we were using, like Dining at the End of the Universe, the Sci-Fi Guys, and the Sci-Fi Fanboys, will still bring you to that page, at least for the next year or so. Feel free to use those. Mm-hmm. But we are officially now the Sci-Fi Diner. I guess one other change, two other changes really, we have is we will have some awesome giveaways. We have some good loot we're going to be giving away, some great photos signed by the people that we met at Shore Leave. Right. These are some great giveaways. A lot of these guests were very generous with uh, their autograph pictures. We're going to be uh, making more of a point to be giving away something each show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you have to answer the trivia for that to even take effect, so – that's just where it's at. And last but not least, we do have a forums that's linked from the main page. So if you're interested in discussing your favorite show and you don't want to call in or anything, you can also do it via the forums. I know that we have a discussion going on Warehouse 13 right now. There's some movies that we've talked about or at least mentioned. There's a Star Trek uh, segment of the forum for Miles. Uh, there's a Star Wars forum for me. And there's probably should be some others. Uh, this is new for us. Anything that you will want to ask us, you, you want us to improve in the forums, you have suggestions for them. Since this is new, it's a new baby step for us, I guess. We want to hear from you. This is a chance for us to, to interact with you, the listeners, as well. So uh, please, please take advantage of the forums. We can, we can talk about what we're watching together and uh, what we like, what's happening. 
Yeah. It, it, it really will be awesome. And we do that on Twitter somewhat, mm-hmm. but uh, this is a little bit more permanent, maybe getting some more people that don't always check into Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely like it. Well, that's all the news. I believe that's all the news. All the news. That's all the news that we have. So Count the noses. Yeah, count the news. Uh, but this is all the news that we have for tonight. Tonight's agenda, of course, we're going to be talking about Dollhouse. It's Dollhouse, Dollhouse, Dollhouse. There's a DVD set, Blu-ray and uh, regular Ray. The, the regular DVDs are going to be released next week. And we, of course, are going to have, along with this, an interview with Melly slash November slash Madeline slash the real person, Miracle Laurie, mm-hmm. later on in tonight's show. All right. And so that should be our schedule. And, of course, there will be some news ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So that's a long opening for the show, but a lot of new stuff we just really need to convey to you. Yes, absolutely. So as always, if anything we mention in the show, you can find in the show notes. And you can, of course, find out uh, a lot of the stuff we're talking about that's for sale. You can find it on our store at com. Okay, well, let's move into our trivia for this week. And we have something special about this trivia, something that, again, is going to be new for the show. We're giving away some pretty sweet loot. If you are a sci-fi fan, you're going to love this. Yes, you're going to want this because this is going to be – this is just awesome. What are we giving away, Miles? We are giving away an autographed picture of Miracle Laurie from Dollhouse. Yes, and this will be a picture that you will not have seen in any of the episodes because it was ended up being a cut scene. But you see her armed and dangerous as a bounty hunter. Right, so this I mean, this will be a nice picture for your collection. And, and it's uh, not just a picture. It is a signed print. You did say that though, right? I believe I did. Yep, so it's a signed print, and it is it's, – it's, it's awesome. I want to keep it. I want to frame it. We, no, we, we said we'd give it away. Yes, yes, yes. I want to keep it. Maybe she'll say, Miracle, will you send me another picture, please? Well, but anyway, anyways, um, that's me groveling, groveling at the feet of Miracle. But It is a nice picture. <laughs> it is a nice picture. So – what do they have to do to actually uh, get this picture? You, the listeners, somebody has to get the uh, trivia question right. And the trivia question for this week is a two-parter. Am I right? That is correct. So tell me the question, Miles. The question is this. Who in the cast of Dollhouse was considered for a role in Joss Whedon's Firefly? And what role? And what role? That is the that is the other part of the question. Yeah. Yes. So, what role and who was it? Exactly. You have a ton of dolls. We'll give you a hint. She was a doll. She's, she's a doll. Yeah. So, she, yeah, they're all dolls in that show. But uh, and, and no, this one is especially a doll. Yes, absolutely. Who was it from the show? And and what was the role? Exactly. In Firefly. Mm-hmm. Mm, I know. I know. I know the answer. You, you, the, the, you cannot play. Yes, unfortunately, I can't play. But I would love to play. Yes. If you want, if you want to play, though, you can call us at one eight eight eight. Did I have too many eights there? One eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. Or you can email us at zogpod at gmail We want to hear from you. You can also, of course, send your answers via Twitter, and that's Herzog H E R T Z O G and Miles. I am a son at Wharf at uh, Twitter. Also, I have a Trek Space account, uh, Son of Wharf at Twitter as well. Tons of ways you can get a hold of us. There's no excuse. If you know the answer to this, you got to be calling because you want this picture. And this is for a prize, folks. And, and quite quite frankly, I'm actually hoping no one answers it because I want it. You know, do I get to keep it, Miles? Or do we have to play like rock, paper, scissors for it? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. No, we're going to arm wrestle for it. Yeah, leg wrestle. Indian leg wrestle. You ever Ooh. do that? No. Oh, wait. So uh, I'm not going to show you. Okay. If you know what Indian leg wrestling is. 
Anyways, Pass. I hope that's not derogatory. We'll probably get hate mail. People write in. Something about so politically correct stuff. Yeah, I know, whatever. Because uh, we are so politically correct on this show. It's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. But, Absolutely. All right. In Well, uh, we're going to be heading into news. But before we do that, we are going to play a promo from some uh, people that we like to listen to. You know, see, it's like, hey, I still got a little Star Trek in me. I'm built on mid-21st century civilian clothing. Well, next time you see a guy that looks like Wolverine, poke me. Yeah. Oh, Highball and cocktail. Highball and cocktail. Oh, God. This is getting bad. You're listening to TrekCast, the Star Trek podcast, www.trekcast.com. Listen to TrekCast. It'll save your virtual life. <laughs> Here we are at the news. It's news time, Miles. Are you excited? I am very excited. We got tons of stuff. Lots you of sounded good stuff. excited. Lots of good stuff here in the Silver Anniversary. You know, I threw out in Twitter, what news do you guys want us to talk about? Mm-hmm. One of the answers I got. Smart Alec. It came from a list, uh, listener called Doug, um, and he said he suggested we talk about the the moon landing that mm-hmm. just happened this past week, forty years ago. You know, it was the 40th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, the yeah. anniversary. Did mm-hmm. you follow that at all? A little bit. They, they had it. You could actually they had a simulation. They could actually follow them to the moon again and mm-hmm. back. It was like reliving the whole event. Mm-hmm. Well, he suggested we talk about that because he knows that this is a show that covers you know basically science fiction, uh, and you know being that they filmed the Apollo uh, moon landing in a back lot in California, we should cover it. Of course, this is a perfect place to discover uh, or discuss such a uh, conspiracy theory. When I first heard this, I I was just blown away that people actually believe, you know, actually, there there are actually people that believe that that the whole moon landing is, was fabricated. Yeah. You know, I guess when we get back up to the moon, you know, Mm -hmm. we can see the lander and see what they, the junk that they left up there and, uh, I think most people uh, think that it, I believe that it really happened. I do. I, I I don't think that it was filmed in a back lot, but no, I I, I believe it happened. I mean, uh, to, to what end would be accomplished in in, in fabricating oh, this? We beat the Russians. We, we beat the Russians, but um, it means a lot today, doesn't it? Right. So, <laughs> Not so much. No, I no, I, I I believe. I mean, I can't prove it, of course, but I I believe we we did go to the moon. Miles, I need you to prove it. Well, get right on that. Okay, just I'm going to need to um, get a rocket ship and just go up there and just see what we left up there. People think you're in space already, so hey, now <laughs> this is the real news. Let's get into some real news. We are going to be talking a little bit about Stargate next week. I'm hoping to have some news from Comic Con. We mm-hmm. have some people that are that, that were gracious enough to actually be uh, talking to us. I know Sherry with the multiverse, uh, Stargate multiverse is going to be who we met at shore leave is going to be at comic con. And she okay. agreed to send us some news, our direction, if she doesn't get too tied up. So hopefully we'll be hearing from her sometime, <laughs> but we do have a little bit of Stargate news and that little bit of Stargate news. Well, you'll hear it right after this.
window miles. I could just listen to that all night. That is some sweet music. I'm starting to dig it too. Yeah, I know. We've listened to it a couple times here. This, of course, is the music from Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned right before we went into the clip that this is kind of about Stargate, and they're kind of associated franchises. They're, Amanda Tapping's, you know, obviously been in both, mm-hmm. and you know, as well as Christopher Heyerdahl. And there's others that have been carried over between the series. I know Michael Shanks is going to be in season two. He was, of course, SG-1. Anyways, all that to say, we have some release dates or some air dates that have been announced for Stargate Universe and Sanctuary Season 2. Stargate Universe is set to air, two-hour premiere, October 2nd at 2009 at 9 p.m. It's my understanding. I think it's a two-hour premiere. Mm -hmm. But... Who knows? And then Sanctuary returns for a second season on Friday, October 9th, 2009 at 10. So and that's supposed to also be a two-hour premiere. That was rumored that, let me put it that way. We know that, it, that, that at least the first episode, according to Christopher, is a two-parter. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. You know, these are just a bunch of the sci-fi shows that we have premiering this fall. And or- Miles... Uh, you had some news in this. Yeah. Uh, if you have not picked it up already, if you're not a subscriber TV guy, then I would encourage you to pick up uh, this week's copy. It has a you know little coverage on the passing of Walter Cronkite, but inside of it, they do a nice spread of uh, the new um, sci-fi shows that are coming on the air in the fall and the returning sci-fi shows. Uh, it gives you a little, um, little synopsis in case uh, – um, for some of the new shows, and kind of let you know what, where the new, sh- where the uh, returning shows are going. So pick pick up a TV guy this week. There's some good sci-fi stuff in there. So it's kind of sci-fi focused. Yeah, there, there, there's a couple pages of of just devoted to sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And did you pick this up already? I'm a, I subscribe. So uh, oh, so yeah, so you get it. I, I get it. Yeah, great, great. In other news, uh, Battlestar Galactica, one of the shows I'm very sad to see over the air leave us. However, we are going to get treated to a Battlestar Galactica movie. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, the plan, uh, you can pre-order it now. Uh, the release date um, uh, is announced online. Um, and I believe that is October 27th comes to mind. Okay. I don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can uh, pre-order that now. Um, but the plan chronicles the first two, 281 days of uh, Battlestar Galactica series through the eyes of the Cylons. So we're reversing this, right? Yes. Uh, it's it's from the Cylons' perspective as far as uh, invading the colonies, wiping them out, and, and but what, what gets them there. It's, so it's going to be some good Cylon backstory. So this is really for Battlestar Galactica fans. Absolutely, which you and I are. Yeah, we would consider ourselves part of that. Now, by the way, if you if you want to pre-order this, you can re- pre-order this by going to mysci-fi-store.com, and uh, we have it available there to uh, pre-order. That'd yes, and m- most of the time when you pre-order this stuff, you could save a little money on it. So you definitely save a little bit of money, especially mm-hmm. – you'd be especially saving money buying it from our store rather than going to, say, Barnes & Noble, Brewers, right. uh, Chapter 1 or whatever it's Sun called. Coast. Yeah, there's just tons of people that you can save this from. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in other Galactica news, uh, it's made the Emmy list. It's received uh, uh, six Emmy nominations. Woohoo! Yes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, most so, of these are off of which episode? Uh, which uh, Daybreak? Daybreak and uh, part two of Daybreak. Yes. Uh, now, what was Daybreak part two for those of you for people that are listening to the show that have never seen? Daybreak was the uh, last um, episode of uh, Galactica. Yeah, the last two, part one, part two, and mm-hmm. the, part two was the two-hour finale, right? Right, and they did. That was a 
It was three hour. It was a three hour finale if you combine Daybreak one and two together, right? Yeah, that 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 is correct. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So wow. And this was this was an episode that was controversial. Mm-hmm. People liked it, hated it, didn't love it. They were they were all over the gamut for it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of fell into the fact. I think you did too, if I remember correctly, that we both kind of loved this episode. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think they could have ended it any other way. Um, a couple little things that you know I maybe didn't care for, but you know, on, on reflection, I, I think. This would this was the perfect way to end the series. Yeah, I would have agreed with you. I, I, I'd agree with you in that. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. So, what what has it been nominated for? What were some of the categories that Daybreak Part Two was nominated for? Uh, outstanding directing for a drama series, uh, outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series, uh, outstanding sound editing for a series. So, some of the behind the scenes stuff. Also, outstanding mixing for a comedy or drama series, and outstanding special visual effects for a series. Uh, outstanding special class uh, short format live action uh, entertainment programs so uh, it, it it covered the gambit covered the gamut yeah and then of course they had what one other enemy enemy listen to me enemy i'm going to start saying enema again and we'll get in that discussion but what was the other category was it you said the short format now that wasn't for uh, daybreak that was for their webisodes that was, yeah that was yeah that was a webisode uh, did basically. you watch any of the webisodes i, I did i watched them all yeah. i watched a few mm-hmm. then i ended up not watching anymore, mm-hmm. but because that focused on what two characters it was. It was um, the last webisode. It wasn't Gata, was it? It was Gata, and it was one of the Sharon Cylons. Oh yeah, it was a very, very dark, right, creepy yeah, uh, yeah. webisode. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah. Well, in other since we're on this whole Ron D. Moore kick, um, we of course talked about. Caprica. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caprica was a movie that we both watched. And we loved the movie. Mm-hmm. And Rondi Moore kind of gave us a little preview of what we can be expecting next spring when it airs. And that some things are going to be a bit different. He was asked by um, Crave Online, has it changed a lot from the pilot of the movie? And here's what Rondi Moore had to say. Yep, the pilot's a very specific story. And then, fr- then, from, the st- that, then from that story, we've expanded outward and brought some details that are surprising to some of the characters. Some of the things we didn't even hint about in the pilot, you then discover, oh my God, that's who that character really is. Or that's a different part of their character I didn't suspect existed. Others, we double back and you're like, oh, I thought they were going this direction and they're actually going that direction. There was an effort to sort of change up the game a lot as he went into this series. Hmm. It sounds like to me that what we saw is not really going to be considered the pilot. It's like it's like when the series starts, they're starting from a new episode. Mm-hmm. That they aren't going to re-show this as a part of it. My guess is sci-fi is going to show it anyways. I would think so. I would, th- I would say. They're going to have to edit it a bit, but... Um, uh, just a little bit. Right. Just a little bit. We're traveling to another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are only that of the imagination. You're entering the Twilight Zone. Ah, uh, Twilight Zone. Were you a fan? Um, 
Sometimes I am. I mean, sometimes on the Sci-Fi Channel when they they, they do a marathon, I'll, I'll watch a few. Of like them. late at night, like at one in the morning or something like that. I try not to because <laughs> then I will have trouble sleeping at night. Right. My wife, however, is a huge classic Twilight Zone fan. Yeah, the classic. There are some really good classic episodes. Pro- I, I think they may be superior to some of the newer incarnations that came out. Well, definitely superior to the '80s incarnation that came out. Right. I. Kind of like the one that Forrest Whitaker – the music that we heard, of course, was from the Forrest Whitaker one in 2001, 2002. I think it only lasted one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was a fan of some of those episodes. Some of those episodes were pretty good. Uh, not all of them. Mm-hmm. But they you know, they were updated a little bit and uh, it, neither, neither of the series lasted long, at least the, the second and the third incarnation of it. But this, of course – the reason we're playing or even talking about Twilight Zone is there's now – uh, discussion and actually more than discussion, they're in the process of writing a new Twilight Zone movie. Okay, I, I'm interested to find out. I wish I knew, and I don't have it here in front of me how well the the first Twilight Zone movie did in mm-hmm. theaters. And I don't remember that was an '80s release, right? Um, and I just don't remember much about it. Apparently, according to Variety, Warner Brothers and Leo DiCaprio's uh, Appian Way have hired Rand Ravitch to pen the script based in the original Twilight Zone TV series. Mm-hmm. So it's based in the original. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's right. good. The, this writer, who I haven't heard of, has written uh, movies like The Astronaut's Wife. He also directed it. Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh, and The Maker. So some horror. And he's also best known for creating NBC's t- uh, uh, detective series Life. Okay. Which I never even heard of. Did you hear that show? I have. Okay. Yes, yeah. So anyways, so some writing credits there, some chops. We're hoping. Have you ever um, have you ever been to any of the Disney parks? Oh, yes. Have and you? I have been to the uh, Tower of Terror. Yeah, I, I've been on it many times myself. Yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, this movie's set to release 2011. It's too early to tell what it's going to be like. It just seems like another string of reboots. Well, it is. Uh, and who needs to say this is really a reboot? I mean, because you don't really have consistent characters that you're following throughout the Twilight Zone. Right? Yes, but it's still going back to yeah. a... It's going... It's going Again, new material? New material, anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're going back. It's hard to say. I, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical because none of the Twilight Zone... TV episodes, movies, or whatever have ever been as good as the original. No, I, I don't think they, and, and I don't think they've ever had the same success critically that the original ever has. Yeah, well, whatever. Let's start. Let's let's talk Star Trek. Let's talk Star Trek, uh, and then, and then so talking about it, I wish I had a, a, a Blu-ray DVD player. Oh, absolutely, because you want to see this on. Blu-ray. I do. Yeah, so I'll have to find somebody who has a Blu-ray DVD player. Um, mm. But yes, uh, Star Trek the movie will be released on uh, Blu-ray as well as uh, the normal DVD format. A couple of the uh, specials that will be on it, uh, and this is – the Blu-ray edition will be released in with three three, uh, three, three discs. Uh, but on, on disc one, a new vision, J.J. Abrams' vision was not only to create a Star Trek that was bigger, more action-packed spectacle, but also to make the spectacle feel real. Every aspect of production from unique locations to the use of classic Hollywood camera tricks was guided by the overall objective. Well, I, li- I like that because there is a sense when you go to some of the other Trek, the older Trek, that it's not really as realistic, maybe, yeah. as authentic as it could be. And there, there was a sense like when you saw the shipyard you know, on Earth that that seemed very real. It seemed like that was possible. Well, when the, the opening scene, the battle scene, when uh, – you know when the Kelvin is getting you know 
Yeah, hammered. Hammered, and this woman falls out, and she you see her as she, you know, it's scary enough that she's being sucked out the vacuum of space, but then she bumps into a phaser cannon on the way out. It's just uh, a strong sense of realism. Yeah, it is. So kudos to that. Anyways, uh, what else can we expect on these DVDs? Um, on the second disc, uh, a program called Do Boldly Go, taking one of the world's most beloved science fiction franchise, was no small mission. Director J.J. Abrams, writers Robert Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, producer Damon uh, Lindelof, and executive producer Brian Burke talk about the many challenges they faced and their strategy for success. And that would be kind of interesting because they did. They had a huge canon to work with, and how, how, how did they honor that? How well did they honor that? So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I can't wait for this to come out. And, and uh, the, the Blu-ray will definitely have lots of good extras. The, the regular one will too, but I think... Yeah, and actually, uh, the, what we have here in our show notes is the regular. But they, there's a third. There's three discs, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to have links to this and all sorts of stuff that you can visit and find out this information for yourself. But this is something we're looking forward to. November, I believe, is the release date of it. That's so we're quite heard, a few yes. months out mm-hmm. in time for Christmas. And um, and hey, if you want to pre-order it. Again, my sci-fi store, we have uh, discs available there that you can mm-hmm. pre-order and uh, you can get a decent price off of it. Um, I want to say that it's like 1927 and 30 is like for the three sets because you can get it in a single disc format mm-hmm. and get it in the double disc format for regular DVD and then the Blu-ray, which is three mm-hmm. discs. And so I think that's somewhere in that line. But anyways, good prices and um, worth pre-ordering. Oh, absolutely. And uh I don't know. I will definitely be watching it again. I don't know if I'll own it. I, I, I've kind of, you know, with the advent of Netflix and renting what I need, I haven't really been buying a lot of movies. I'm but, very picky and choosy what I. But this is this is one that you might own. Oh, de- oh, this this is something I definitely will own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely want to have this in my library. Right in his library of Trek. Mm-hmm. Because what else is there in your library? Lots of Trek. So, <laughs> lots and lots of Trek. Mm-hmm. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Transformers is still making uh, lots of money, and uh, not, uh, not just uh, not just in our country, but in China. Uh, now, Michael Bay's Transformers sequel has smashed the Chinese box office to become the biggest earning movie in, this, in the country, surpassing an 11-year-old record set by James Cameron's Titanic. Wow. Do you remember when Titanic came out? I do. That was yeah. big news. I watched it like three times like in that first year and then mm-hmm. didn't watch it again. I haven't watched it since, and don't have any desire to. Yeah, I, I see it twice in the theaters, and I, I wouldn't, you know, unless the 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 DVDs have some extra cool footage yeah. to see. Yeah, and I can't, I just can't believe it's taken eleven years for another movie to break Titanic. There's been so other, many other movies that have broken that record. Well, this since. is China. I don't know. This is China. We're talking this is about. China. Yeah. And, and not to mention that we're talking about you know something grossing being high in China. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to mention this. I'm going to steal your thunder. But fifty nine million dollars is you know for a country that's the largest in the world. Fifty nine million dollars. That's considered that that's that's the record. Mm-hmm. And I wonder. Well, I wonder if China. I mean, being China being a communist country. Maybe not all the movies that we put out here, can, you know, they, they'll they'll show over there. So I wonder if that maybe. Well, even there. even here they say they censored the opening scenes. Oh, really? uh, yeah. What does it say? Um, unsurprisingly, the film's Chinese showing was slightly censored during the opening sequence of the Autobots and Decepticons battle in Shanghai. But when the U.S. military refer to where the battle is taking place, the word is muffled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, because, you know, because they don't want the battle happening in China. Of course not. Oh, Why right. would they want that? Yeah. What? Whatever. Anyways, you know, it's kind of underfoot, you know, with Harry Potter out and doing as well as it is. But uh, 
Transformers, seven seven hundred and thirty three million dollars total. That if that doesn't scream sequel, I don't know what what does. No, it, it's definitely sequel, mm-hmm. but impressive, right? And uh, it's it's been in the theaters for a couple weeks now. Yeah, impressive, impressive, no doubt. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The legend of Voltron, defender of the universe. A mighty robot, loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legend grew, peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. Together with the good planets of the solar system, they maintained peace throughout the universe. Until a new horrible menace threatened the galaxy. Voltron was needed once more. This is the story of the super force of space explorers. Specially trained and sent by the Alliance to bring back Voltron, Defender of the Universe. Voltron is being brought back, and really, this is really not much of a surprise that they're delving back into some more cartoon history, although... It is interesting. Well, it's not really interesting. This does seem to be stealing the thunder of or like stealing from Transformers. It does. Even Terminator Salvation was compared with uh, Transformers too. Yeah, a little bit with mm-hmm. the machines and I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that very well. And now, did you watch Voltron? I, I did. Yeah. I watched there, – there was a couple incarnations. I, I saw two of the incarnations that they showed on TV, the one with the lions and the one with like there was – total of 15 vehicles that combined to create Voltron. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's of course, a spinoff because I think Transformers came first and then Voltron came. Is that correct? I, I don't remember exactly. Um, yeah. Anyways, they're making this movie based on, of course, the success of Transformers. No, no real surprise there. It'll be, it'll be based, of course, in the Japanese anime series that ran the U.S. for two years, 1984-1985. It will follow five Transformer-like robot lions that combine to form one super robot lion. So mm. only five, I guess, originally. Right. And I guess they were animal robots, which is a little bit different, not like cars. Is that correct? Exactly. I mean, the, the, probably the most popular version of Ultron is the one with the lions. Uh, so um, it, it would make sense to, to, to probably do that. Um, it, it had come back back in the late '90s as a, um, a CGI uh, cartoon um, for, for for a short while. So it, it still, you know, it still remains very popular with uh, the fans. Yep. No studio has been set to kind of produce this yet, but Sony is kind of taking lead on potentially producing this movie. This, of course, is based on Paramount's success with Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. I wonder if Hasbro owns a right to. Uh, Voltron. It's my guess not being that it was Japanese anime, but who knows? I don't remember there being a lot of Voltron action figures. Were there? There was Voltron toys out there. Was that Hasbro as well? I don't remember the toy company that made them. Um, One of the things they are uh, saying about this, at least one of the producers, Ted Coppler, saying that Voltron will be 
set apart from Transformers because unlike other robotic action movies, Voltron is the personification of the human spirit, hmm. a quality that will set this movie apart. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, because, I mean, you could argue that the Transformers are kind of personified to some degree. I, I don't know. Um, I guess the other thing is, are they fighting other robots? I, it's been a long time since I've seen Voltron. That's what Voltron seem to do is just fight these other robots. So it's more of the same in some ways. Pretty much, but, I, you know, they have the technology. I mean, we, CGI has progressed so much now. I mean, they can make a realistic live-action Transformers movie, so... Uh, there's lots of Japanese anime. This is probably going to translate to. I think we'll see. This is not the end. We're going to see a lot more of this. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. recognize that music it is from the video game world of warcraft uh, warcraft 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 whatever they call it i'm sure it's uh, crack for many it, good is, people. It, it is it was crack for me for a long time i played mm-hmm. the game for four years this is for the mmo version of the game uh it of course had many incarnations as far as being uh like the uh real-time strategy games they had but i've only i've only really played it a lot as the world world of warcraft mmo and they it has been so successful 11 million people play that game mm-hmm. it is huge huge and that's worldwide and that got the attention of some people in hollywood and of course they are there's been discussions of this for about two or three years now that i've been hearing rumors of movie 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 but i think what has kind of set this in stone is that sam is it ramey i'm Rimey? not sure how to pronounce Rimey? I could be pronouncing that name wrong, and you can correct me if you're listening to the show and know how to really pronounce it. I stand corrected. Is going to direct the World of Warcraft movie. So, really cool. Now, Sam Raimi's known for what? Uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, most uh, currently Spider-Man. Has he done all the Spider-Man movies up to this point? I I believe he has. I believe he has. Um, For better or worse. I mean, people have different opinions about it. Mm -hmm. I've watched all of them, and I've enjoyed all of them. Probably the first one more more than any because it was so new. But Mm -hmm. but I like Spider-Man. It's enjoyable. Entertaining. Great entertainment, yeah. Legendary Pictures and and Blizzard Entertainment, of course, who produces World of Warcraft, are mounting the film, and Warner Brothers will co-finance and distribute. And, you know, it's not just Sam Raimi that's really important here. This team boasts an impressive pedigree. In addition to director uh, of Spider-Man, you have – they've added – partners have added the Dark Knight producer Charles Roven to the creative mix. So Dark Knight, awesome when that came out. Oh, absolutely. You can't. And so they, they have some good people in there. This course, if you aren't familiar with World of Warcraft, it features the conflict between two uh, sets of people – creatures the horde and the alliance that combat each other and so that's that's pretty cool if you're a world warcraft fan you you probably are jonesing for this movie you are definitely jonesing for this movie and last piece of news well the uh 
In Harry Potter news, the half uh, Blood Prince uh, cont- smashes records as uh, as number one. Um, the sixth Harry Potter movie, The Half Blood Prince, lived up to ex- expectation by taking in an estimated uh, 159.7 million at the domestic box office since opening on Wednesday. The second highest start for a movie pre- uh, premiering midweek uh, after Transformers: Revenge of the Falling. And now, here's the thing, Miles. We're in a recession, right? Exactly. Just checking. Just checking. We've had we've had two of the biggest movie openers ever this year. Right, Star Trek and well, uh, I, I thought it was Transformers and is Star Trek up there? I mean, Star Trek opened big for Star Trek, mm-hmm. uh, but I, you know, I, I'm not sure it surpassed that. Maybe not. Maybe not. Either way, we have had some big movies. I, I think yes, we are in a recession, but I think maybe now more than ever, people are going to the movies to escape. Well, or people aren't going on vacation anymore. People aren't taking these huge trips to Disneyland, or they aren't going to Mexico, or mm-hmm. or where at swine flu, or or to Europe. So what do they do as part of entertainment? Well, it's a lot cheaper to spend ten bucks a person a movie than go overseas on a plane. That could be their mini vacations. Going yeah, to it see a could, movie. could be, yeah. yeah, or a couple of movies, or maybe you know every week they go to a different movie. I mean, this could be part of it. Is, I, don't, I don't quite hit the theater that often. My kids aren't old enough yet. But, mm-hmm. but this has been a great summer for movies. It, it no, no doubt about it. And, and quality of movies, I think, maybe has something to do with it also. Yeah. We, this summer we're getting a, a good quality of good movies to uh, go see. Oh, absolutely. What did it do overseas then, Miles? Okay, it did overseas. Um, the movie took in uh, $237 million overseas since Wednesday in 54 countries, bringing its worldwide total to uh, $396.7 million. Four hundred million, almost. That's yeah. incredible. That's almost what Trek had brought in the last time we talked about it. I believe mm-hmm. that's this is pretty incredible. That, and it, yeah, it's, it yeah. hasn't been out that long, right? It, it, it is. It is absolutely the best. Uh, it, it, best as far as money goes for the Harry Potter franchise. Uh, J.K. Rowling's got to be very happy. Oh, well, absolutely. It is. Came in twenty million ahead of the last uh, movie of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, which grossed one thirty nine million domestically in the fir- in those first five days two years ago. Excellent, but they said it's the first three hundred uh, three hundred million movie since the very first movie came out. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a whole Potter discussion next week, right? We uh, spoke we, we, we're, next week. We'll be speaking with a friend of mine. Uh, she uh, she has no problem with us uh, calling her a Potter file. Uh, yep, our muggle. She's a muggle. Right. So, and uh, so we'll be talking to Melissa next week. and um, She'll give us uh, her thoughts and opinions of the new Harry Potter Yeah, movie. the new Harry Potter, since Miles and I are not Potterphiles. No, we're not. So, but, but, you know, I am tempted to put those on my Netflix and eventually watch them. Yeah, but I, 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 feel like, I feel like I should. Mm-hmm. I feel like I owe it to the community. <laughs> I owe it to our listeners to watch those movies. I believe that's it for our news. Yes, that, that, that's, that's enough. That's a lot of news. Uh, we got a we got a lot of news there, and uh, we got to move on to some other stuff. Okay, we have a, we have some great stuff coming up. Okay, guys, I found him. John, what are you doing? I'm just playing around with some of the features on my editing program. Look, John, this is a podcast, not a TV show. Why don't you just keep it simple this time? I keep it simple. No, you don't. We had a perfectly good show with news, reviews, and a roundtable discussion, and you kept turning it into a circus. The alien attack for a season finale, the live episodes, the musical. I never got to do the musical. And you won't either. 
For the love of God, how many times do you want this show to jump the shark? But keep it simple. Simple. Yeah, man, don't mess around with what works. All right, All right. I wouldn't I have it any other way. way. Hopeless. Absolutely hopeless. Right, welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner as we talk about the main course of this show, mm-hmm. and we have a very special guest that we're going to be bringing you tonight, Miracle Laurie from the Dollhouse. This was an awesome interview that we did. It, it was a delight. It was it was absolutely a pleasure to talk to her, and uh, if you ever get a chance to to meet Miracle Laurie, she is just one of the best people you can meet. A lovely woman, not just in you know, not, not just in looks, but just as a person, she's demeanor, just, personality, she's just great. She's a class act. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the reason that we're talking about, we're, we're, we're bringing you this interview, other than the fact that this is a great interview to have on our silver anniversary, mm-hmm. is that next week, July 28th, Dollhouse, the DVDs, both regular and Blu-ray, you want these in Blu-ray, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. if you can afford it, but, the, but next week on July 28th, uh, you can get these DVDs. By the time you hear this episode, if you hear it by Monday, you can pre-order these DVDs, save some money by going to mysci-fi-store.com. And it's just, a, a, again, a great way that you can kind of support Dollhouse. If you have not watched Dollhouse, uh, you, you, you need to, especially toward the end. It gets really good. And you can find a lot of these episodes on Hulu yet as well. Right. The DVDs are packed with some good stuff, Miles. Right, and stuff that's... Uh we didn't see when the show was airing. Absolutely, including hopefully that bounty hunter deleted scene mm-hmm. that we want to see. And remember, if you listened earlier in the show, you know we're giving away a picture of that, uh, a miracle. Some things we can look forward to. This is a four-disc set. Of course, episode one we get with commentary with Josh Whedon and, and Eliza Dushko. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm not sure how it's no, the correct pronunciation. Someone will call in and correct it. That's fine. Um, the Target Stage Fright and Grey Hour. Of course, it is all the episodes on the first three discs. It's disc four that I'm really excited about, Miles. And and here's why. You have Epitaph 1, which, of course, is the fabled 13th episode. By the way, a little bit of a spoiler here. It takes place in the future, like at 2019. Oh. So we find out it's an interesting look at the dollhouse. We'll see. Uh, of course, Felicia Day is in that one. We, of course, get commentary with Josh Weed in that one as well. We get the original unaired pilot, which Miracle Laurie first drew our attention to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know there was going to be an unaired pilot in it. That was kind of nice that she mm-hmm. gave yeah, us so that detail. I feel like I'm getting a bonus. And then there's the making of dollhouse, coming back home, finding Echo, designing the perfect dollhouse, which is absolutely, absolutely Beautiful and a private engagement, probably with a doll. Anyway, some exciting stuff. Are you going to buy these DVDs, Miles? I not probably right away. I'll probably rent a couple on Netflix. I, n- I never actually saw the, the first pilot. So, oh, there you go. So, so you have something to look forward to. Exactly. So I'll be able to see the first episode. I'm definitely going to rent the fourth episode to catch uh, the, yeah. this. Uh, this. Uh, well, we are going to have to do a review of the uh, Epitaph one and the original pilot. Since we never talked about those in the show, we've right. talked about Dollhouse in the show before, so that's nothing new regarding that so much. 
Um, season two, of course, premieres September 25th. November, our Melly, our, of course, Miracle Laurie's character is, of course, coming back as we found out. I think we talked about that before in the show mm-hmm. that she is coming back and she will be on October 2nd, assuming that that is the following Thursday, Friday that it airs. If it's airing subsequent Fridays, you will see her October 2nd. Okay. So let's talk about uh, our interview with Miracle Laurie. We don't want to take too much time before we give you the interview, but uh, what were your impressions of interviewing her? It was very relaxed. I mean, uh, we we met her at uh, the restaurant at the place. Uh, uh, it was it was nice. It, it was very conversational. I mean, uh, it was it was very felt very kind of organic. I mean, we were. I mean, you and I are definitely fans of the show, but it just felt very very. It was not didn't feel forced at all. It just felt like a nice conversation between three people. Yeah, she 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 told us what she could tell us. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there was some information she had to you know keep under wraps. But um, but the fact that she told us uh, about this um, unaired uh, pilot, I, th- I think it I could be wrong, but I think that might have been a slip up I mean, on yeah. her part. Which- you can follow her on Twitter, by the way, Miracle Lari, mm-hmm. and uh, she often gives out information that she finds out or is allowed to say it. We know that there's going to be some web series that she did an episode for that she couldn't tell us. Mm-hmm. Apparently, after Comic-Con, it's going to be announced. Mm-hmm. She has a birthday coming up, beginning of August, so make sure you <laughs> wish her a happy birthday if you do follow her on Twitter. Yeah, she was great. She was just a great person to sit down and interview, and we got to know her over the weekend because we kind of Stood by her, Stan, stalked her. Well, we didn't really stalk her. But uh, but we just stood by, talked, just chatted. She was very easygoing. She memorized our names. I mean, it was... Uh, yep, she knew who we were. Right. Because we stalked her. No. You stalked her. No, I didn't stalk her. But anyways, uh, He stalked her. I did. I did not. did not. Anyways, one of the things that we did get, and I'm just going to play a clip from one of the sessions. Uh, they, we got her on the first session I went to see her in to actually... She's a hula dancer. Mm-hmm. Because her mom was in Fantasy Island. Interesting. Yep. yep. Uh, and I believe for two seasons or two uh, two years she did that. She's a hula dancer. So she grew up learning how to hula dance. Now we can't show it to you being this is an audio podcast. But Miracle Laurie did sing a Hawaiian song. And we're going to bring that to you just as a little thing before the show right here. What? What? Uh. What's up, YouTube? How's it going? <laughs> Too many hits, I guess. Is that what we call it? Okay. Um, I'm going to take my heels off because you don't dance with shoes on. I mean, you can, but it's not the way you do. So this is called um, Nani Nani. I did it yesterday. And here's the verse. Here you go. Nani Nani Ha'aheo She was just such a good sport for that. Absolutely, she was very approachable. I, I mean, I think she was definitely a fan, fan, uh, friendly guest at this. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And again, this was a fan convention, so you kind of expected that. But not all, of, not the, all of them were quite as friendly as she was. She was great. By the way, if you want to watch that, you can go to 
our YouTube channel, and there's a link to it from our main page at the sci-fi-diner.com page. And you can find this, of course, at the Sci-Fi Fanboys, I believe, channel on YouTube. And she has a, uh, a, a fan uh, Facebook page also. Oh, she does. And yes. I'm not a part of that. I, I should be. You should be. I know. I should be. See, I'm not the true stalker. But I am. I am on her. I do uh, follow her on her MySpace page. Oh, okay. Yeah, because she's also. This is a very talented lady. She not only acts, she not only dances, but she sings and plays in a band called the Ookbox Heroes, which is more of a folksy type band. We're going to play a clip from them at the very end of the show. I'm not going to play it now, but if you get a chance, go to myspace.com slash Ookbox Heroes because they call it Ookbox Heroes because it's a ukulele band. So kind of unusual. That's that's different. That's yeah, good. Yeah, and I like different. I like mm-hmm. different. So, you know, way to go, Miracle. This is a very well-rounded uh, young lady. Yes, and uh, wonderful. And uh, we are hoping to get her back in September before Dollhouse airs. We hope to do another episode on Dollhouse. And hopefully we'll have an interview with her again. We've talked about it with her. And uh, if all goes as planned, we're going to do that. If you have any questions for Miracle, make sure you, you email us at zogpod at gmail.com. Or you can call our listener line at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three, and uh, leave your questions there, and we will be happy to ask them to her, and she would be more than willing to answer them, and we know that just just from experiencing that. Well, we've talked long enough before, uh, you know, dangling this interview in front of you. Front of you. We're going to play this interview, and uh, just be aware that this is being filmed in a cafeteria, so there's some noise in the background. But it's still a good interview. It's a great interview. Yep. So just enjoy, and we'll we'll see you on the flip side of the interview. Down here with us to chat a little bit. It was very cool. It was very cool. It was very cool hearing you in the session. Thank you. By the way, I wanted to tell you, yeah. you were one of the only guests who did this. But I love the fact that you repeated the question. Oh yeah. Because there was no way that you could hear everyone's question. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was. I think it was the only session I was in that they actually repeated the question back. Oh. So it's my theater training. It is. It's it's right. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> but it was. It was just. It was just really cool to see that sort of thing happen. Oh good. So yeah. I'm going to see you this morning. Oh, good. So, I might sit in again and, and ask. I'll try not to repeat, but you never know. No, no, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Can you Hulu dance for us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm ready for that one. You're ready for that one again. <laughs> yeah. I heard in the last session you did that. I heard. Yeah. Now, you did one other con before this, and that yes. was in England. Yeah, Star Fury. And how does that compare? Uh, it was a longer flight. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> It wasn't because it was geared towards, it was called T1, it was geared towards uh, the Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Okay. So Summer Glau was their big star, and they had uh, Zachary Levi from Shock, and a couple people from the Whedonverse, you know, were kind of the main guests, and then me and DG was in the show. Oh, okay, yeah. so you traveled together. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Now, did you meet her on the show? I did, yeah. I didn't know anybody. Oh, cool. Yeah. And you guys have obviously... Formed a pretty close friendship through the show. The cast is yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's really, really good. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the questions you answered in the... I don't know if I want you to repeat any of the questions you, I, they asked you in the okay. session, but... But uh, how did you end up in Dollhouse? I um, wanted to act since I was a little girl. So everything I've done in life is to kind of get to that point. High school um, theater. High, yeah, community theater, high school theater, Bachelor of Arts and Drama, so I just, you know, kept trying to hustle, and while I was getting my bachelor's degree, I would commute out and do auditions and workshops and take classes and meet casting directors and just kind of build my relationships that way. And uh, when I was 19, all the eight whole years ago, almost nine, I auditioned for Buffy several times, and then I think maybe Angel, and I was up for a series regular on Firefly, so that casting office was very, very good to me, you know, and they knew that I was kind of dressed as style, and, uh, and eventually it would work, and then here came November, and it was perfect. And it worked, and yeah, it worked. Yeah. Right. And then you were up for Jewel, or not Jewel, Jewel's, Jewel's part, yeah. part on Kaylee mm-hmm. yeah. and that. Yeah. Now, how close was you, you mentioned that you were a contender for that. How close was I'm it? Was it between you and her? No, no, no. No, not, not close, but, <laughs> yeah. but when you said it yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, I can see her in that role. Yeah, people try to guess when I said it. They're like, right. is it Jules' part? I guess it's just Jules' part. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it has to be. <laughs> it was That's me and Alan. Me and Alan's Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Right. In Nora, in Nora's part. <laughs> no. Uh, one of the things that I really appreciated about Joss as a, as a director mm-hmm. is his, his ability to pull a compelling cast together mm-hmm. that really interacts well that it's not like a couple characters you connect to but there's all sorts of, of varied characters right. and I think he ca- captures that a little bit in the dollhouse with the ability for each week the dolls to take on a different persona um, what is it about November that has really kind of captured you as an actor um, or what do you like about that role? Well, I like to address what you said because you're absolutely correct, and that's one of the things I've always loved about his stuff is that he has somebody for everybody, and I really feel that that's true with this show. When I saw the character breakdown at first for the roles, and then when I found out who was cast and met everybody, it made total sense. And I think there's, you know, goofy people for character that, for people that like to identify with that. You know, the more sultry, the more action-oriented, and, you know, bad guy, good guy not so anything so you don't know about her yet (laughs) there's there's just somebody for everybody Um, the description of November I thought fit me perfectly when I read it for the audition I was like if I don't get this this is all my fault because this was like made for me you know what was the description Uh, it was 20s beautiful heavy it was just the like um, outside description and then it said um, something like warm another doll in the house the optimistic presence and uh, just like the more innocent of the dolls or something like that but just the warm optimistic part which meant that some of I think November's originally personality may have been shining through as, as her doll you know where Sierra which is kind of that's why I think Deacon does such an amazing job because she plays that blank like I don't know what's going on <laughs> like perfect and real innocent Right, exactly. Yeah, to the extreme. Real innocent. Yeah, and I think that was part of her description. It's just she doesn't have anything of her own, you know, because as we know, she was put there against her will. So I think that helplessness also shines through. Right, yeah. right. Whereas your character was not put I against you. Volunteered. Yeah, yeah. What was your character's name before she became a doll? Madeline Costley. Yes. Now, how much of Madeline comes through November's blank slate? <laughs> because we see in all the dolls, we see eventually. 
Um, you know, I think of Echo's character, you see a lot of her past experiences as a doll right. and otherwise kind of peek through. Right. Like, it's not a perfect system. Right, right. Exactly. And how um, much of that comes through? Well, with Madeline, I didn't even really know much about her until episode eight or whatever. That's when I was told that I actually did volunteer and why, you know, I went, obviously. Is that the one where they, like, travel around the city in the car? And thinking, fill, yeah, yeah, fill our needs. Right. <laughs> the title, Needs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think that's when I was first introduced to anything about her past. And, and so it was kind of a challenge because I was Melly for so long and I had November which is unique and challenging in its own way and then I had this other woman where I wasn't really told much of what was outside the script you know I had a little discussion with Tracy who wrote that episode and I think Joss gave me a hint of stuff too and then the rest was just up to me and, and they said you know we don't want to get too specific because we'd like to hopefully if we get another season or two have a chance to explore everyone's backgrounds even further right, right. so I kind of made up what I felt worked with the script or what I thought the words were suggesting um, and I, I realized that she was kind of a more she's very self-confident but also goofy is kind of how I, I felt about her like she was she didn't feel she wasn't afraid to be silly you know but she was a very confident smart woman and, you know so that's kind of how I took it and uh, so with November I guess it's just the optimistic side definitely shines did you know you were a doll, your character was a doll from the, from the get-go, from the very start? I did, okay. I did. The character uh, description when I auditioned was for November, the doll. Okay. And uh, so I knew it was going to be a doll. I didn't know how many episodes I was going to be in. I didn't know what my part in the story would be. I don't think any of they did either. They, you know, had some right. kind of something figured out about it. Um, but, uh, but then Joss wrote uh, the script that I was supposed to come into, and Fox didn't like it. They didn't like the little storyline that they had created for me, and so they said, scratch it, think of something else, and they were like, huh, next door neighbor that can spy on Paul? <laughs> and that's where Melly came from, so it was a total right. accident, and then we kind of went into it. And it was, what, the third episode that they kind of revealed that you were actually a doll, is that right? Episode six. Episode six, yeah. so it was a bit. Several episodes before we knew you were a was a doll. Right, yeah. The first episode I saw you in, which, were, you, were you in the first episode? I was in episode two. In episode two. Yeah. In episode two, I said, she's a doll, you watch. <laughs> but you didn't fit the profile of the other dolls in some ways. Yes. As far as look goes, I was right. like, she's a doll, she's mm-hmm. a doll. But it was, it was really cool. And then when you reveal, I'm like, I knew it, I knew it. You know, one of those things. Yeah. I'm like, what, what, what's on you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I need to go springboard another question. Yeah. But you were, your character wasn't revealed to be a doll till after Sierra's handler went out to try to kill you. Right. Uh, my question is, did, do you have a background in... in uh, some kind of uh, self-defense or martial arts, or did they give you some training? Or was that uh, not at all. I was told by someone, one of the fans that actually does martial arts, that I did a very good job. So that felt good. Um, no, I'm, I, I grew up as a Polynesian dancer. That's kind of the only physical training I have of any kind. I, you know, did some mime and some contact with props. So I think I, I have control over my body, and I'm comfortable learning quickly. Um, but no, we kind of trained on the day, and we had all our stunt people there, and it was a lot of fun. So that, was, that was a great scene. Thank I mean, you. Oh, hey, it was. It was. <laughs> looks like he's killing you. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. the voicemail message, turn right. something on, and right. you uh, hand him his butt. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was a ton of fun. That took six hours to shoot. But maybe the most fun and ten six hours ever. <laughs> Trash the apartment. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Because right. you know she got beat up pretty brutally in the beginning of the scene. You know yeah, when yeah. you look when I I didn't realize when I was doing it how 
truly, truly violent it was. You know? I like I was in it, whatever, right, right. as an actor, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I believe he was going to kill you. Yeah, I mean, oh, was... everybody did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, and I think even fans like you who like, were convinced that I was a doll had no idea that that's how it was going to be revealed. God, I mean, that was, was crazy. You it know? was great. Yeah. The trigger, <laughs> yeah. and the, the trigger's very dollhouse, actually, because in yeah. Serenity, they do that with some of Lyle's characters. Right, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where yeah. they get the trigger, and boom, she explodes, and you're like, whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Good yeah. job. But yeah. no. <laughs> exactly. No. Uh, now, are, are you in the 13th episode, the fabled 13th? I may be in flashbacks, but I did not film anything. Okay. You know, like, uh, have you read everything there is to read about episode 13? No, uh, and I've seen the trailer, because, yeah, I think. Yeah. It's, Felicia it's, Day is in it, like, right, I know that. It's, it's like another, because we shot it simultaneously with 12, mm-hmm. so a lot of us that were busy with 12 didn't do a whole bunch in 13. Okay. So, and it's kind of like, like Felicia and, the, and um, Zach Ward, and there are a couple other that kind of become the main cast. And Amy Acker has a, a big part, obviously. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. Like, no. I haven't seen a snippet of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but Josh just—he he can't say enough about it. So yeah. Now I do have to ask you. Mm-hmm. you you not say anything your lips are sealed the webisode you're doing any yeah. way related to Joss no okay yeah. so yeah. sorry but, everybody but, but, but it but, should but, be fun but you, you will tweet fun. about it right when oh it comes yeah, out. yeah. All right. so that they're going to uh, I think it's going to be announced in the next couple of weeks yeah. and then I as soon as it's officially out there then I can right, add right. to my advertising yeah <laughs> <laughs> otherwise your lips are sealed my lips are sealed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah nice okay. nice now um What's your favorite part about working with Joss? Um, I have to admit, since the day I found out I got this job, I have <laughs> never been disappointed with anything, and I've been given so many surprises along the way. You know, every script I got, it's like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? I get to do this? I get to do what? And we get to explore this? And, and as an actor, it's like every episode I had a huge challenge. But that's what we love. That's what we want. And so I, I've just never been disappointed. I've been surprised constantly. And everything from everything I got to do on the show to, to getting the opportunity to come here and do things like this and meet people like you, it's been beyond expectations. And I think that's what happens. Josh is a powerhouse, and his fans are smart, and they like interesting, fun stuff, and that's what he delivers. And I think the minute you get into his world, you need to be immediately grateful because you're part of something special. And and since I was a fan, I totally got it. And being inside the bubble is um, it's, it's amazing. Awesome. That's awesome. It, you know, it's been such a pleasure just to watch the show develop and just to see how it all yeah. all unfolds yeah. in that way. So. Yeah. It got stronger as the series went on. I oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Everyone agrees. Like, Man on the Street just brought it, and then it kept going. You know, it took off. Although there. I did like Human Target. Oh, that was crazy. Were you, were you in that episode? I don't I remember. I had, like, a tiny, tiny part with the yeah. and Barry thing. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's ba- I'm an English teacher, and so we, oh. I teach a short story it's based on. Oh, there you go. The Most Dangerous Game, and so it was really cool to just kind of see that whole, whole thing happen. But... Uh, so tell us a little bit, what are your hopes for Melly or, I forget the real name of your Madeline. character. Madeline. thank you. <laughs> uh, what's, what, what are your hopes for Madeline in the upcoming season? I have no idea. No idea. I have no idea. 
what's waiting for us. All I know is that Joss and somebody else told me that they're psyched about it. Yes. So and, that's you know, that's so enough to psych you, right? right? <laughs> exactly. Is your character going to end up with Tamal Pennekis character, maybe? My, my feeling is that it is, again. And I think that it, it will still be interesting because now they have to find each other and fall in love all over again. Right. Because now it's going to be a real relationship. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. You know? I mean, people have said maybe I wasn't ever really deactivated, that they were just messing with Paul's right. head. So that could be one. Right. Um, but if she really was released as Madeline, I think, you know, a couple of things could happen. Tama could try to find her in the real world and they develop a relationship of some kind, you know, whether it's romantic or him trying to get her to help him bring down the dollhouse from the outside. Um, you know, I, I think if, if she was released, there's a chance that she may not be able to handle being in the real world still. The whole reason she volunteered is she can't be around it. She doesn't want to be reminded of her loss. She hasn't been in the dollhouse that long, I don't think. I mean, her contract was up early because Paul right. intervened, right? So what, less than five years, they said. Yeah, exactly. So there may even be that sense of, you know, subconscious unfulfillment in her that's like, I really still don't want to be here. Can I come back? You know? So you the know? dollhouse is her escape? Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, everybody has one, right? Right. <laughs> what was it like working with um, Tomo? Yeah, Tomo. Tomo. Tomo Because, I mean, we're familiar with him from Battlestar, actually. Right, right. Yeah. Um, For and, the uh, record, I did not watch a frame of Battlestar before. <laughs> Don't tell Joss. <laughs> um, Tomo knows, I told him. Because, you know, I, I, I got the part and I saw who he was. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting name. And Because we all do, which is crazy. Like, the craziest name. Oh, I know. I, there, there were interviews yeah. talking about how interesting the names are for the show. Exactly. Every single person, I think. Um <laughs> You know, so I didn't know who he was, and I looked up, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, whatever. And then I told some girlfriends that actually watched the show, and they were like, what? Tom Benedict? I like, Hilo, I love Hilo, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Isn't that the video game? That is, you know, not Hilo. No. <laughs> That's funny. So, <laughs> so I got to meet him, I think, the day before we had our first kissing scene for, like, five seconds. <laughs> and then the next day we had to do the Chinese food scene, the sex scene, and then the big fight scene. Right. So it was a lot. It was a lot <laughs> to when you first meet somebody. But you know what? He is um, completely professional, a total gentleman, absolutely sweet and gentle and patient and kind and uh, and good. You know, and he he just he loves it too. You know, and I think both of us coming at it from that perspective of. We love our job, what great stories we get to tell, and we both love our characters' relationship and every day getting to just bring something else and, and fight for whatever the scene was. So he's a, he's an absolute dream and gentleman, and, and I could not have asked for a better partner this season, absolutely. What's it like switching out of your doll persona mm -hmm. into that little clip you have with him in his room where you suddenly reveal that you're part of the dollhouse to him? Yeah, I mean, you have you have quite a shift that, there. That was maybe the hardest day of shooting, <laughs> believe it or not. Because, it, you know, like the first time I did the doll, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, this will be easy. But it's not at all. It's awkward. So, like, show up and just kind of be child like an innocent you know, just right. blank, but not. It's it's a very interesting thing to try to approach because you've never done it before. Um, but I think we all found our own way. You know, Enver, is, uh, who plays Victor, is extremely childlike, and that's very sweet. I yes. think he has a great doll. Deejan is completely blank and innocent, you know, like totally. And I do have that little more, you know, like kind of hopeful, you know, whatever 
thing coming through. So that was challenging in some way. When I had to reveal to, to Paul that I was a doll and do the message, that's November, but not really, because you really have been programmed, and that's, I think, the most right. robotic I had to be. And it's just exposition. Right. You know, it, it wasn't, I don't have a feeling about what I'm saying either way, and that is hard. You know, because. <laughs> I mean, you guys yeah. are about ready to do it, and. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. So it's like the, and you got turned to a computer. It's like switch, and, right. boom. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was definitely a challenging day, you know, because, like I said, you just, you have no feeling about it. You don't care either way. You're completely apathetic, and. Or just not even that, but neutral, and have to just deliver, just be the voice box, and I think that was weird. <laughs> well, and for him, it had to be difficult because at one point he's thinking something about you, and all suddenly he's thinking something else about you. <laughs> he broke my heart that day. That actually was what made it so hard, is because I have to be just, "Hi, I don't exist. What do you think about that?" And <laughs> yeah. not care either way. And I'm looking at his face, and he's completely brokenhearted. And I'm like, <laughs> one time I was just like, Jesus, the whole you know? <laughs> You're killing me over here. It was horrible, because I couldn't react at all. Right, was, right. You know, in, in scenes, as an actor, you affect one another. That's right. the point. That's your job. And so he was affecting the crap out of me, and I'm just like, that's nice. <laughs> you know, yeah, nice. Him, so, Oh, yeah. man. So it was, it was a, a crazy scene. Yeah. Just a couple more questions, yeah. and I know you need to go. No, What's it like working on the set of Dollhouse? I mean, like it's a, a physical set. It is a so beautiful set. I mean, we see it, and it's gorgeous. It put a lot of time and effort into yeah, that. Yeah. What's it like being there? Uh, the main Dollhouse that we see, the big, big, big one, uh, is gorgeous, gorgeous, overwhelming, beautiful, so interesting, and they it's completely functional and laid out exactly how you see it. There's no, like, pieces rolling in and out. It is what it is. The massage tables are that. Dr. Sonner's office is here. The gym is here. The little cove underneath. The eating area. The art center. It's just... Is your bedroom there to the little little slot you lie in? The bedroom is, is a separate... Separate set. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, um, but that whole scape is completely functional and beautiful. And everybody, every single one of us has said, oh, I could totally live here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Well, it's so you serene and peaceful yeah. most times. Yeah. <laughs> As what? Reminds me of a hell spot. Exactly. And that's, that's what Joss was going for. And, um, and Topher's office, I love. There are toys all over the place. It's so cute. It's so happy. The imprint room with the chair. The day I got to go and shoot there for the first time, I was ecstatic, you know, because I'd heard about it, I'd read about it, but I've been, you know, in the hallway or his apartment, you know, for like right. however many episodes. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm maybe this is all This is awesome. So really fun. I love the sleeping pods. They're insanely comfortable for anyone who's wondering. Right. So much so that I fell asleep once. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy comfort. Absolutely. Well, probably the result of long shooting days, too, and it's easy to fall asleep in those pods. How long is a shooting day? Um, 10 on average, maybe longer. Yeah, yeah. That's not terrible, though, I mean, compared to 16, 15, 18 hour shooting days. I mean, on, honestly, like the grand scheme, I think the crew. You know, works their butt off. They're there easily 14 hours because they have right. to set up and get there before everybody right. else, wrap everything up. Yeah, so they, they can definitely be long. Yeah. <laughs> now, go ahead. But it's, no, I was just going to say it doesn't even matter. To someone like me who this is all I've ever wanted to do, you could ask me to work 24 hours straight. I'd be like, no problem, absolutely. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> you can do it for a few days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So it's yeah. it's fun, and I think a lot of us don't mind longer days. It's, because we all know that we're working for something good and really, really interesting, and it's fun, and everybody does get along. You asked if we're friends, and yes, you know, I I stayed really close with uh, quite a few members of the, the crew and the cast, and it's just, we all knew it was great and special, and I can't wait to go play some more. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of our listeners had asked a question in the fight scene, we're going back to that. That's okay. Um, the stunt, all you? No, we definitely had a stunt person. Yeah, yeah. We, we shot the whole thing with me. So I did everything that you saw, minus uh, hitting my leg on the coffee table. That was that was the poor stunt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> she was a rock star, though. She was great. So, we, yeah, like, she shot the whole scene, and then I shot the whole scene. Yeah. But a, a, most of the... Uh, the abusive part when he's attacking me a lot you know you see my face a lot so a lot of it is me she did the bigger brunt stuff just for safety purposes because she's oh, yeah. professional and I'm not right <laughs> um, with a lot of the crazy ninja skills yeah that was me a lot of it yeah yeah, nice, <laughs> yeah. Nice, yeah it was nice. good fun um, the DVD is yeah. released what? July 28th so are you yeah. counting down? Yeah. 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 I, I can't wait because I loved the original pilot when I read it. Um, the one that they shot. And so I can't wait to see what that looked like. And then Is it, it going to have the original pilot on yeah. that they didn't include? Yeah. Wow. See, that's lost a lot of hype because of Epitaph 1. But that was the original deal for the DVD. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Epitaph 1. So we get, in a sense, two new episodes. Yes. In a sense. Yes. Wow, I, I hope I'm that. not making that up. But I right. really think that that's true. You heard it here. <laughs> Miracle said it. Exactly. It has to be Fox true. Fox yeah. yeah, right. Um, no, I, I'm pretty sure that that's right. And then... Um, I'm excited about the DVD extras, mostly because I think I'm going to be a part of them, and that's really exciting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's great. Because they did the interviews with the cast, so I'm sure I'll be part of that. And then uh, Tomo and I had a couple goofy moments, and I'm pretty sure we're going to make so it. So we have real good treats with the outtakes. Yeah. Uh, or not outtakes, but just, like, silliness off okay. on the side. <laughs> Any major bloopers happen? <laughs> not... I, not that I think that they're going to include, you know, okay. there's just, there's always some silliness, or, I mean, <laughs> the scene when I'm uh, deciding to break up with him and go back to my mom's for five minutes, you know, and I'm right. in the hallway, and I say, Debbie might crash you sometimes, I think the second take I said, Becca might crash you sometimes, and it's like, I don't even know what Becca, where did that come from, you know, so there's yeah, just random it's like, where did my head go, you know, so, uh. um, yeah, so we'll see. I have no idea. I just, I want to see that. So that's fun. Yeah. Now, the second season of Dollhouse begins shooting when? Right? Late July, later this month. Uh, most ever, there, I mean, the writers and the staff are all there getting oh, ready, yeah. you know. But um, but we get to come back later this month. And um, I don't think I'm in the first episode. Um, I'm at, like, two or three. So I'll, I'll, I'll be coming back to work in August. Right after your birthday. Right, right? after my birthday. Yeah. August 1st. Yeah, wow. Thank you. Happy birthday, birthday in advance. Happy <laughs> birthday you. in advance for that. Thank you. But, uh, well, very cool. Well, thank you so much My for sitting pleasure. down and chatting with yeah. us here. Yeah. A little bit. Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather
Well, we hope you enjoyed your stay with Miracle Lari and her interview. Don't forget, at the top of the show, we gave you a trivia question that you can win a, an autographed picture of her on the dollhouse for you to take with you. We'll send it to you. you got to answer the trivia question correctly. As always, you can find out more about the Sci-Fi Diner at sci-fi-diner.com. And if you have comments or questions or suggestions for us, you can always email us at zogpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also call, you can always call into the show as well to leave your comments at 1-888-508-4343. Follow us on Twitter, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G for me and... I am uh, Son of Wharf on Twitter. And as well on Trek Space as well. Mm-hmm. So... Thanks so much for sticking out with us on this long episode, our 25th silver anniversary episode of Dining at the End of the Universe, now the Sci-Fi Diner. Hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to seeing you next week when we talk about things Potter. Until then, uh, wherever you are, good night and good luck. Okay, let's see. I wanted to pick up Fringe Season 1 in Dollhouse. So here I am at Cards and Bobble. Should be able to pick up both of these easily. I'm guessing for around seventy bucks, right? So uh, let me see. Back in the past book section, who reads books anymore? Okay, um, into the DVD section. Oh no, FFFF Fringe. Okay, season one. Sixty dollars? You got to be kidding me! My wife only gives me allowance of seventy-five dollars. There's no way I'm going to be able to pick up Fringe. Well, what's Dollhouse? $50 for Dollhouse? It's only half a season. 13 episodes. Give me a break. I'm not going to get... I can't get any of these. I get one, but I want both. <sighs> Wait a minute. What's that? Uh, hello? You mean I can get both of these? For $70? Where, now, where's that? MySciFiStore.com MySciFiStore.com It enables me to get both of these for 70 bucks. I'm going there. Screw cards and bobble. I'm out of here. MySciFiStore.com Saving you money from here to the end of the universe.